Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry so you can do church better. I'm your co-host, Chris Wesley, joined by John, not in Vegas, Ronaldo. John, how's it going? What are you doing? Who's with you? Um, I know our viewers, uh, our listeners can't see you, but uh, you have some very special guests alongside of you and Doug Tuke in the room. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And John, if he can, he's not John, just, oh just, my goodness. just explain your whereabouts and blink twice if you're in trouble. So uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I'll have time. So I am in a hotel room right now of all places in Colorado Springs. We are at the annual membership meeting for the National Federation for Catholic Youth Ministry. Every year around February, they bring the membership together and a lot of business, some in-services. We vote on some things, and it's a lot of connecting and networking as well. Uh, the, the national young church, the people who are in diocesan roles and people who are doing parish ministry on the ground, as well as a lot of organizations who, who serve and create resources for youth and young adult ministry, they're all here this week in Colorado Springs. So I'm excited to be at this meeting, doing a lot of just connecting, networking, catch up, catching up with old folks. And we do, yes, we have some friends in the room with us for our interview. You well, ready for this, Chris? Hold, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I'm not there and, you know, I, I have lots of regrets of not being there outside of the fact that I love my wife and she would absolutely kill me if I had another trip within like, you know, a month. But uh, how well are you representing the church podcast at the national meeting? Well, so far, we're recording two episodes while here, and I have talked to numerous people about the church podcast, so I think I'm doing okay. That's very convincing. Okay, sure. All right. <laughs> you sound convinced. <laughs> let, let, let's move on. Let's move on. So yeah, who, who uh, because th that's way more exciting than this podcast, uh, the, the people who are sitting next to you in this room, why don't you introduce our two guests that we have with us this, this uh, episode? Absolutely. I have with me two special guests uh, who are representing ODB Films. I have here Eric Groth and Doug Took. And, uh, you know, Eric, I think you run this whole thing. And Doug, you do whatever I Eric tells you. Yeah. <laughs> Doug does whatever Eric tells him no, to do. But no, no. Uh, uh, Eric, Doug, no, we're... we're Doug, never, <laughs> Doug never does anything I tell him. I get the, co I get the copy for me. <laughs> <laughs> I am very excited about uh, just talking a little bit. We're going to talk about uh, media and ministry and whatnot, but certainly, Eric, I want to start. Tell us a little bit about what it is that you do and why you started ODB Films and why people that are listening to this should even care about what you're all doing. Awesome. You know, it, it, uh, <clears throat> it absolutely comes out of, I love to be able to tell and share that what we do today comes out of a youth ministry background and passion. Um, and for me, it all started with my own youth minister, whom you guys know, Frank Mercadante of Cultivation Ministries, um, was my youth minister when I was in high school. And um, this is way back, you know, way back in the in the 80s. Way back in the way 80s. Way back in the 80s. Are you saying you're old? Yeah, I'm a <laughs> smidgen under 50. Okay. <laughs> Power to the Gen X. Power to the yeah, Gen X. Yeah, brother. No, you know... Um, I, uh, Frank was a youth minister who, who brought two things to our very new parish. It was a brand new parish. Um, we had a dynamic young pastor. They hired this young 21 year old out of Wheaton College who had a, a passion for Jesus mm. and a passion for the young church. 
um, and a real desire to be creative and innovative in how he communicated the gospel with us. And, you know, I like to share that even as creative and innovative with technology as you could be in the 80s, um, we were doing these multi multimedia presentations. I mean, we were seeing the gospel presented in these multimedia things where Frank would use screens with shadow mimes and 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 he would use slide projectors. Does any of you Yeah. What's a slide projector? We're going to have to put uh, a lot of show notes in here on exactly. just yeah. that Eric's dropping. So, yeah. yeah. So, you would have like live, there was this mix of live you know, people behind the screens with shadows and slides with images being projected on the front of the screens. And then that person who had to coordinate the music by the cassette in the boom box and pressing play. And then you'd have the music and the visuals and everything. And you know what, I remember, um, I mean, for the time it was like, wow, like that was really cool. And, and I remember thinking um, how creative and awesome it was that um, we could be engaged with with gospel messages in really creative ways, as creative as, as we could possibly be in the 80s. And so that really stirred for me, um, you know, my passion was really to get into youth ministry. And I always wanted to be a youth minister who was relevant um, and used relevant tools, you know. And so mm. um, I did, I went off to college, I played ball in college and was kind of deciding, do I want to go to the youth ministry route or the baseball route? And I like to say I chose the more spiritually lucrative route, <laughs> yeah. um, maybe not the most financially lucrative route. <laughs> no, but I was pretty passionate about it. And, I, and, and from the beginning, I wanted to just, I wanted to engage the young church in creative ways. So even as a youth minister in my first place as a, in a Methodist church in Florida, um, using video cameras to ask questions and you know, in creating content um, just simple things that we would do um, to, to supplement the content and, and the messages that we were trying to communicate. I remember going, I, my first full-time job out of my master's program, I got my degree at Franciscan and uh, I was at a Catholic high school. I was a campus minister and we did the same thing. I would, during lunch, I would interview students. We would use their questions and responses and programs that we were doing. Even cutting it together was all linear, you know, like VHS tapes. Literally cutting. I would, yeah. I would put like, you know, the, the cards, like the title cards, we would tape on the wall and we would record a frame. And we didn't have the boom box with the cassette player in the background, but we had the boom box with the CD player in the background. So it got a little more high tech in the early 90s, you know. Um, but uh, I, I really saw it was a real fun way to engage um, and, and communicate gospel messages. By the time we got into the early 90s, digital technologies became more accessible. So um, we were able to, I was able to buy, you know, a, an Apple computer that could actually do a little editing, you know, with a whopping 150 megabyte hard drive, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and um, uh, uh, Sony or Canon put out the XL cameras, Final Cut came out, mm -hmm. so we didn't have to break the bank on buying gear. And so that allowed us and really kind of dove into that when I left working in the high school and I ended up working with Frank and Cultivation Ministries for nine years, five years full time. And we were training parishes, um, doing events for teens. We started training them on how to do large evangelization events. And that kind of launched the Outbreak of Faith program. We were traveling around the country doing rallies for teens and dioceses, and we were making the content. So now we were producing the films that we were using. And inevitably, after the events, we would have people come up to us and say, like, where did you get your films? Um, and we were like, well, we made them, you know, and they'd ask if they could have them. So we started sharing our content with, with youth workers in the field. And, 
And that kind of launched us, me into leaving cultivation and wanting to start film comp up a film company, you know, on really God saying, do this. There, I didn't get any training in it. It was kind of all self-taught, um, but going out and doing that and, and starting ODB films outside the boxes and not for profit and starting to create all kinds of short films and getting them out to the churches um, for free. You know, we sent, we distributed 30,000 free DVDs in our first 10 years. And um, so that, that's kind of the, the story of, of how we got into filmmaking. Mm -hmm. I, I like to say it was out of absolute desperate practical need mm -hmm. uh, that we wanted to communicate gospel in ways that were engaging and relevant to teens in the culture and, and to use tools that were the best we could with the tools that were at our disposal to do that. And you've done some pretty significant film projects, both what shorts and features or whatever. Uh, you you right. can correct me on that. No, you're right on. What are some of the more recent things that you've worked on and, and how does that fit into your mission now here in the 21st century church? Yeah, you know, so our, our mission is, as an organization, is to help foster an encounter with Christ through artfully made spiritually rich films. So we feel, we, we know that films are a great way to allow people to, to look at things and see and, 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 and experience beauty and goodness and truth. Um, I, most recently, one of the more recent series we created was the video catechism, the VCAT, where we took the catechism of the Catholic Church in its four sections, creed, sacraments, morality, and prayer. Mm -hmm. And we developed a, a series of 60 films to really help kind of articulate the key components and messages for each of those sections. Um, again, you know, our, our mission to communicate the gospel, to help people encounter Christ, um, um, but to do it in, in, in ways that we're creating things that are, are, are artful and, and beautiful, you know, as well as spiritually rich. Um, we're working on a series right now that we're trying to land the name of a couple of series, actually. Yeah. Um, but we're doing a documentary series. Um, we currently are calling the Encounter Series. Um, it may not stay that way. It probably won't stay that way. But um, it really is we're looking at, we're telling stories, people's lives who have had an encounter with Christ and the amazing things that they're doing now with their, with their life. Um, and so, you know, storytelling, I've always felt like, especially in the space with the young church, that storytelling is such an effective way to communicate messages. Mm -hmm. You know, we can, we can share all the catechetical details and all the points and all the teachings of the faith. But man, when you come out, you just tell your lived experience of how Christ, you know, grabbed my heart and metanoia happened and converted and conversion happened and is happening in my life and what I'm doing with that. You know, it's kind of hard to argue with somebody's story. You know, you mm -hmm. see, you, you connect to that. And so we love that we're still able to tell, to, to work in that short film space because there's a definite need for it. And then we've been blessed and had the gift of being able to produce feature films too. And so we produced Full of Grace a few years ago, our first feature film, which was a reflection, kind of a meditative, but it was a narrative film, but a reflection on the last, what the last few weeks of the Blessed Mother's life on earth might've looked like, you know, 10 years after the resurrection and what the church was going through. And more recently, um, we produced the, uh, the film Paul, Apostle of Christ and partnered with Sony Pictures um, and got that out into, you know, 1500 theaters around the country, 30 territories around the world. It's grossed $28 million in, in the worldwide box office. And um, uh, again, just privileged opportunities to, to take the, the heart and the passion we have that started on, on you know, with a handheld camera and a boombox and a, to a place where we can actually... Um, sky's the limit. You know? It's it's amazing when you come out of the background of ministry and you think about the 10 kids you affect or the 100 kids that came to the thing. Right. 
And when you design box office film, you're talking about the millions of people who saw the art, the piece of beauty that you promulgated. That is really, it's still hard for Eric and I to wrap our minds it around is. that because we still operate from a youth ministry mindset in many of the things that we do. Right. Like, oh, five people showed up for the thing, you know? <laughs> and then you're thinking about the box office film and you're like, Two million people went to the box office. Yeah, in a year. And maybe as many as 11 million people have seen this picture. And what is that doing? What's the Lord doing through that? That's Mm -hmm. just beyond us. We don't, I don't know that we ever wrap our mind around that in the future. And it's hard. It's, you know, quantifying the experience. It's, it's neat when you like the post the release of the film last March and the emails and, and the stories, stories stories of things that are, that are coming out. Not to mention for us, um, you know, film, making films is the tool. I mean, it's not the end. It's what we use to help tell gospel stories yeah. and gospel messages and the encounters we've had just in production process, you know, in making the short films and in, in the feature films, the, the, the opportunities we've had to, to bring Christ into those environments has been um, something absolutely dynamic for us. Mm-hmm. Now, Doug, you have a unique role. So you just started maybe a couple of years ago with this. Tell us a little bit about what your role is, because you're also a resource for folks out there in parishes and diocese. Tell us a little bit about that, how you, how you ended up teaming with Eric and what you're doing now. Sure. Yeah, ODB Films is a ministry, uh, first and foremost, that does box office feature films. That's what's kind of amazing. And we're all, we all come from a ministry background. We're a consecrated uh, to Mary, nonprofit in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois. There's four full-time employees, which just boggles my mind. The fact that we made a box office film with four people is amazing <laughs> to me. And the people that you include into that, of course, but like us having meetings, eating donuts, going, oh my gosh, I can't believe we did this. Um, Doug so was I, the guy who's pressed play on the boom box. Right, I was that guy. <laughs> right? uh, no, I come from a background in youth ministry, 22 years, diocesan, parish, multi-parish. And uh, a, a close friend of ours was a, was a director at CRF, Catholic Relief Services. And we went on a call to witness trip to Rwanda, Africa together in 2014. And I had not, I didn't know Eric before then, but I kind of knew of him and we really hit it off. And he was in the middle of prep for Full of Grace. And when we got back, um, he asked me to be on his board and I served in that capacity for about a year. And then we, he had a pretty profound um, vision and mission meeting a couple years ago when Paul was percolating and uh, there was, it was time to, for newness. And uh, there was a lot of different people in the room and a lot of dreaming that we've actually fulfilled a lot of the dreams. And uh, I remember when he, he dropped me off at the airport. And by the time he got back to the office from O'Hare airport, I had already written a job description that that I told him I thought he needed. I, I just, I just, I was like, you need a director of ministry. You need someone who connects all the work you're doing with four rows back, three seats in. So here's features, here's shorts, here's big ideas. That's great. You guys are really good at that. But there's, a, there's people who need to see this in a way that, that causes transformation in ministry. And we have the connections to do that. And he kind of surprised me because he, he called me and he was like, this is really good. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I was eating a bagel while I typed it. You know what I mean? Like doing my best. And that spawned a relationship that was a little bit more professional and paid part-time. Then as Paul started to materialize, um, I was asked to join full-time and then we've never really looked back. I mean, we really threw the throttle down yeah. and, and ministry became um, a real delivery system for a lot of stuff that we had in the archives. And then what part of the job that I love the most is being getting to consult, reading scripts with the team and, and saying, what's the ministry application of this? I mean, it, it's a blast. We'll watch something and the team are so talented and they'll give these like really great notes and mine will be two pages of this theme resonates with this demographic in this way 
And everyone else is like, Where, what are you talking? And I'm like, this is the ministry side to what this thing can do. And of course that makes us better. So let's make breathtakingly high quality films. And then let's also make sure that the applicability of ministry stirs the heart and that we stay true to that mission. So there's a, there's a real, there's a cool partnership there. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, see, see what I, I love that I'm hearing is that there's nothing that you guys have done that's conventional. Uh, you know, I think so many times you could have been like, you know, we're going to do a film on, on the life of Paul and we're just going to do it in the way that, you know, anyone in Hollywood or New York makes a film, right? Or even Doug, with the position you created, like, it's not like, oh, I want to work with Eric, so let me figure out, you know, how I can be director of photography or, you know, like uh, editing or, you know, something along those lines. Director of ministry for a film company, uh, that's definitely just outside uh, the box for sure uh, there. Um, I was trying to avoid to say it. There you go. Okay. Um, penny in the jar. Uh, but anyway, um, what, what I would love to know is, um, and especially Eric, going back to your, your youth uh, high school days, um, who was giving you permission to create and who was like investing in you? Like, you know, because that takes um, a lot of people not just to uh, get out of the way, but also to get behind you guys to allow this creative process to happen. And I think that's something we sometimes lose sight of in the church is here's the church investing in you guys. Who, who are some of the players or uh, um, people? Yeah, you know, I am so <clears throat> grateful. We, 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 call, um, we call them partners, you know, collaborators. They're partners in the ministry. I mean, we as a not-for-profit, um, you know, forever, you know, 65 plus percent of our operating budget comes from the generosity of, of those around us and it's not a huge group of people mm -hmm. um but it's but I, I i so blessed to when we when we started odb um knew we needed to set it up wanted to set it up as a not-for-profit with the vision that we had for it um that, that's how we would fund production that people could donate um we created our board of directors and we got our the board of directors were all very faith-filled people who could fill in different gaps you know we had an operations manager from the wrigley company and an attorney and an accountant and just people who who came around us um and and, and my goal and my desire was that they would see that we were building something together so it was it was it was, a, it was tremendously this advisory team who caught the mission and the vision of it uh, and got behind it. And then people who, who, who had the means to be able to financially help and get behind it financially too. Um, and, and the generous gifts we've had from people. You know, I, 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 could, I could probably, I could tell you a story. Um, we, uh, when we did Paul with Sony, Sony funded the film. It was a really interesting scenario, not a normal situation, but I didn't know what normal was or wasn't. Mm -hmm. so, so Sony, they buy the script from us. Then they hired us to produce the film. They also hired us to help market it in the Catholic space. And they did what's called a cash flow negative pickup where they pumped almost all the dollars into it. We, we did everything. And then obviously they have to do all their recoup first. We did put a little bit, not a small chunk of money in, but we had a need. We had a, we, there was a deficit in the budget. Um, there, was, there, was a, there was some talent we wanted to land for the film. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't, Sony did not want to spend the money on the talent. And so, because it was outside of their, their flow, it just, you know, it would raise the bar on other things. They didn't want to set that standard. 
Um, and we really felt like um, finding that talent was, was important and necessary, uh, having them in the film. And I remember I picked up the phone uh, to someone who had been supporting us in our previous film. And I just Both said, prayerfully and monetarily. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I said, I said, I called and, and he picked up the phone and I said, Tony, where are you? And he was 15 minutes away. I said, can you come over? I want to tell you about something. And, and, and he, he came up, showed up 15 minutes later. I shared with him what was going on. Um, and without, without hesitation, he's like, you need that. I'm like, yeah, this is what we need. He's like, you got it. Awesome. you know, and gave us the money we needed to contribute to help make that part of the project yeah. happen. You know, it was, it was people like it's in, in countless people like that who have supported us financially to be able to do, but again, the, the, the talent and the ability around us that has, I, I have, there are a couple things I'm good at, you know, for the most part, I've been a, a jack of all trades and a master of none, <laughs> you know, um, and, and, and for years, you wear multiple hats because you have to, you know, and so you're business manager and you're editing and you're shooting and you're doing all those marketing things. And, you know, to see the ability for us to grow where we can I, we can bring in people who have just they excel in other gift areas and to see that body of Christ become many parts and, and utilize that. It's just it's just amazing. Yeah. Go ahead. So, so a handful of years ago, I went through a baptismal prep process for, for preparing for one of my children's baptisms. And uh, I kid you not, I was in this session with probably half a dozen other couples. So it was like 12, 15 of us in the room. And the person leading the baptismal prep puts in a VHS tape and plays this very old baptismal prep video and, and the content was good i'm a church nerd so of course i'm going to pay attention to it the content was okay but the quality was bad now look every single person in the pews in the church today expects high quality entertainment and, and to your point earlier it's become cheaper to produce high quality with certainly with the advent of youtube right. and instagram and everything else you know that you can get high quality uh, film for very cheap or free, but yet sometimes in our churches, we're still using this old school stuff. So my question to both of you, Doug and Eric is, is why should we be as ministers in the field? Why should we be spending time trying to find those good dynamic multimedia resources? And then the second part is where do we find them? Oh, sure. I, yeah, I can speak to that a little bit. I think we, I think we reach the bar regularly. I just think the bar is really low. I mean, like, but we're we're do we're we're reaching it pretty regularly. We we look at video catechesis uh, projects and tools, and it's a person telling us the teachings of the church, and and then sh you know showing some B-roll. That's what we do. And, and the difference is, I think that the congregation is done with that. That has not functioned as a way of inviting and welcoming people into conversion. We emphasize leading with beauty. I, there's such a thing as a beautiful six-minute movie a beautiful 15 minute film and using beauty to be the teacher, not a middle-aged narrator, not a college professor, not a hotshot circuit speaker. We're like, here's a real story. This is beauty. When I was a parish youth minister, I used more Ted talks in youth ministry than catechetical resources sure. because it was raw, authentic, truth telling innovation. And then would unravel it in a way that instigated conversation. So the spirit of that inspires us because we know that there's a high level of like hard question asking young people and they're attracted to beauty. 
we love movies. We love beautiful movies. And they're, they're inclined to draw more energy out of those resources than anywhere else. I think there's plenty of video catechesis. I think parishes that rely on it as their programming materials are quite simply boring and they're not being innovative. <laughs> Adults love that stuff. Teens don't. Mm -hmm. Ascension Press has a wonderful YouTube channel. Father Mike Schmitz does some incredible stuff. You have a, the similar, I'm a smart, handsome priest and I'm gonna tell you a story, but he's very authentic and he's very good at what he does. But I think that there's a little bit of a vacuum for beauty. Like, whoa, have you seen this eight minute short that's unbelievably pro-life that tells the story of a woman who did something unbelievable for other women there's no lesson in it. There's just witness. Mm -hmm. That is going to change the short form content of ministry. And we're doing that. And I actually, I think there are places where they're doing that, but I don't know that they're doing it in the context of ministry. And they're certainly not doing it with the mindset of conversion. Like the, the, the goal is the conversion and also drawing involvement out of our young people and our young adults and our adults. What did you see? What was the imagery? What were the themes? So I'm, I, I get, I know what Ascension Press is doing. I, I see some of the stuff that Life Teen shoots and it's, it's really good and what Baron is doing with Word on Fire. But I, I, we, I should say we, we lean more towards creative, innovative storytelling when beauty as means of teaching than just catechetical content with a good looking flair on my lens. And there's a big, there's a dramatic difference there. Would you, I mean, what would well you add said. to that? No, that's really well said. I think, um, uh, it also, it just makes it so much more accessible hmm. uh, because it allows us to, to show those transcendentals and, and presented it to somebody who maybe is even not even so much interested in it, right. the content, right. you know? And so that just, it allows you to teach, it allows you to push, it allows you to communicate those messages without kind of being in your face, allowing those things that transcend to speak beauty goodness truth it's gonna speak for itself god speaks through that because god is the essence of beauty and goodness and truth and so when we can create things that um and, and i'm not and i'm not downplaying the catechetical things because we've created those there's a place for them yep um but I, I think more lately we really feel compelled to reach beyond just our those who are coming to the church programs well there's a and, shift too when you say i mean like most out this is probably dangerous but a large population of our young people are just simply uncatechized. So if I'm using catechetical videos and I think that they're going to have the perspective to digest that mm -hmm. and I'm not leading with an invitation to beauty, I've already missed them. It doesn't matter how handsome or pretty the person in the movie is or how popular they are. They're not even interested. So really what we have to go back to is a notion of pre-catechesis and that goes to mar for married couples too. Mm -hmm. Like, and the elderly and young adults is like pre-catechetical invitation into beauty and then conversation, conversation, conversation. And I think we're starting to get the order correct. Yeah. Well, and that goes to the art of storytelling, right? I mean, you know, Eric, you were talking about storytelling before and the importance of it. Um, you know, there's not one way to tell a story. Um, and, and in fact, you look at scripture and how much, um, you know, through the parables, through just different analogies and examples Christ used to drive home those same points that God loves you, that God has a plan for you, that you're forgiven, that, you know, that there's something more for you than the world. Uh, what I love about what you guys are saying is by getting away from just the talking heads and, and doing something a little bit different, you create this ability for our imagination to, to be set free. Mm 
-hmm. and to really start to explore how big our God truly is. And as you guys were talking, I was thinking about, um, I think it's in Prince Caspian, right? Where um, yeah, Lucy comes upon Aslan for the first time in a long time. And she's like, Aslan, you've gotten bigger. And because uh, he's bigger in size. And he's like, no, 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 you're, you, you, you just see me differently now. And, uh, and, and so I think that's what I love about some of the work that you guys are doing, some of the work and media that I'm seeing that's coming out there, is it's allowing us, even those of us <clears throat> who maybe have a, more of a foundation, in our faith to continue to grow and go deeper uh, th through visual and audible uh, catechesis. So, so what resources do you guys have to offer? I mean, I'm interested, certainly we want to point people to your website and other things, but where, what can people find if they come to you? You know, cause I know you sometimes go to places, you go to parishes, you'll go to dioceses, you've got films, shorts and features like, what are some of the things that are available for if someone's listening and they want to find out more and want to bring this multi? Uh, sure. Uh, this is my this is my wheelhouse. Um, so, we our feature films are obviously you know available. Um, we do what's called film and reflections, which we have forty of them this mm -hmm. fiscal year, where we take our our feature films out into the field and show them and then unpack them with audiences. Mm -hmm. So we go into parish communities and watch. The, we'll do like an introduction and tell stories about the making of it and some of the miracles and things that have happened in the making of it and the beauty, show the film and then process it with congregations. And uh, they're profound. Um, they're profound. Like they, uh, it is, uh, it, first of all, it's multi-generational. Um, Paul is certainly the popularity that we're writing right now. And that's a PG-13 film. So there's, there's been moments where people were like, oh my gosh, but you know, we showed it at Notre Dame Visions. We've showed it from across the country, from Florida to Alaska. We, we've shown the film. Every group is different. Every group asks different questions. Every group wants to know all kinds of stuff about it. And as we unpack it, these profound realizations of, I just had never realized how real the saints are, or I never thought of a young Christian community that way. So they're getting this very, I want to go read the book of Acts. You know, they're getting this profound transformative experience. Now I want to go do it. That is how we use our features. But that blew up. And diocese started asking us to use the feature films to do convocations with priests or I've done youth ministers retreat. I did a training for diocesan youth leadership in Texas using Paul. I did the same thing in Charleston, South Carolina. So we're using the film snippets, sound bites, Lexio, imagery, Visio Divina, and unpacking all these themes using film and scripture to inspire young people. And the results have been off the charts. They've just been fantastic. And we do stuff with the VCAT and we do stuff with our short form content and the lineup for the future short form content will blow your mind. We're excited about that. That's coming out this coming year. We'll do another podcast commercial for that <laughs> stuff. That, uh, teaser. Get out in the field. Everything's available though to be films.com, but the, we literally are too small hmm. to meet the need right now in the field and the awesome. way they're responding to how we're trying to use imagery. And it's exciting for us. We had a very long meeting today about, revisioning and dreaming about what the future can be. And we're pretty excited about it. I think it's just amazing what you guys are doing. And I look at some of the, uh, the, the stories, what you said, people want to delve in, people want to learn more, right? Oh, yeah. they, they see the story of Paul and Luke and, and they want to, they, they want to learn more and they want to go read Acts or they want to go read the letters. Right. right? And then, you know, I mean, one, if you can get Catholics to read the Bible and then stop the buck right yeah, there, that's it. that alone that's, is like, everybody just stop it. and go, oh my it's gosh. But so like the Nativity Story, for instance, the Nativity Story is a movie, it's a feature film, you know, live action that my family and I watch at Christmas every year. Why? Because 
it's the humanness of the experience of Joseph and Mary coming alive and leading to the day of Christmas, the birth of Christ, you know, and for my kids, especially my eight year old who's preparing for first communion this year, every time we talk, we see that movie, I haven't showed her Paul yet. Maybe that's coming down the line. (laughs) So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but, but we talk about that experience, you know, and, and, and it brings it alive in a way that, just reading the, the text on the page right. does it, right? And yeah, that's, that's the right. beauty, to your point, Chris, the storytelling, how powerful storytelling is that, that the Bible, when I talk about the, the Annunciation, you can't in that short little verse even try to unpack what right. Mary was feeling, right, yeah, with true. just some words. And, and, and breaking that apart is really, really powerful. And I think that's the yeah. power of what you guys are doing. We're so committed to to telling those stories in such in, in real human ways too. Like I, you know, I, I think about my dad was really wise when I was a kid and we would do family rosary and, and, uh, and I'd get a little bored and he'd plop the family Bible in my lap and I'd open it to the middle cause it was full of Carvaggio's and pictures mm-hmm. of the scenes and, you know, and, and you would see like these incredible like saints and, and, you know, the halos around their heads. And the reality is, they're, they're like us, you know, and I think it just, it, it draws people in when they can realize and they can learn about Paul and they can see what Paul was struggling with and they can see the difficulties he was facing and they can see the real human relationship he had with Luke yes, and the love for his brother. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, and those, and, and, and that's, that just, it, it allows people to draw nearer to the truth and the beauty in those stories. And, you know, we, Paul, there, there's a scene in the film where, the, where you know, you hear the scripture read so many times that marriages of the love is patient, love is kind. And there's a scene in that film and, you know, and, and you kind of think, we, we think in terms of, we look at the scriptures, we read them, and we, I, I guess we never really think contextually, like, how did that maybe come about? You know, was it that God just said to Paul today, Paul, I want you to write about love. And he sat down and he grabbed his pen and he started writing about love. But it really, it comes out of what was Paul's experience? So we just start to imagine like what those kind of experiences might have been like for that stuff to be put down by the Holy Spirit on paper on whatever they were writing Mm -hmm. on back then. And that particular scene, it's more of like a lecture of righteousness in the face of persecution instead Mm -hmm. of a wedding ceremony. You would normally hear the reading. Well, and I think what's cool about what you're doing is that your methodology, your technology is new, but your methodology is old because Mm -hmm. that type of storytelling, that's what stained glass windows were. Yeah. And the, and the, and the beauty of the, the, the churches and, and, and cathedrals that we see in Europe today and other places, you know, that's, it's, that's telling a story. Now we have the technology to do it on your screen, on your tablet, on your phone. And I just think it's it's an old methodology. It's great. Yeah, we reference sometimes what we do as kind of sacred art house, you know, uh, this this kind of new style, this new way of doing things, yet we're putting together the, the maintaining that sacredness of it and showing what that looks like in a real human lived kind of experience. Yeah. In fact, when we do events, we even call it visio divina. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, so I love that term. Yeah. Just taking in the imagery, processing, taking in the imagery, processing. Yeah. It's no different. I mean, the reality is the statues, the beauty, the Sistine Chapel, the images, the stained glass windows, you know, we just happen to have a digital distribution and a digital delivery now. And why not you? Why not put the same kind of beauty in that delivery? We also have no shortage of ideas. So if you know anybody that wants to fund a couple of films, we're good to go. Yeah. You hear that? Let me let me, let me let me podcast listeners. Yeah. Let me get my wallet out. Uh, no, uh, but 
Uh, Take that penny back out of the shop. Yeah, right, right. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll forgive that beer that you owe me, Doug, and uh, you can just uh, use that money to fund Perfect. Uh, no, but, uh, um, you know, I love the idea that uh, what you guys are doing is, is such a service for the church, and it, it, it's an incredible ministry for the church. And I know that seeing and hearing your story uh, that other people are going to want to follow in, in those footsteps and create media, uh, you know, that, that shares the story, that shares the gospel. Um, Doug and Eric, what advice would you give a church that uh, wants to use media to, you know, uh, to maybe not necessarily create their own content or curriculum, but to capture uh, testimonies or witness stories from parishioners? Uh, maybe it's to, you know, beef up their website more to tell the story of the parish. Like what, what are some of the warnings or first steps or, or tip pieces of advice that you would give for a parish that wants to maybe invest more in um, a media ministry? Yeah, quality matters. It does. You know, quality, uh, you know, we, it's kind of amazing, like older folks like myself, we, we like, uh, we think just make a video and that'll capture the attention of adolescents. And it's the, it's just a preposterous logical fallacy because if it's not super high quality, you're not catching anyone's attention. Right. I think that parish, especially Catholic parishes, we make the mistake of, just get it out there and that'll be the, we'll solve the problem. So the bar needs to remain quite high. Um, Spirit Juice out of Chicago, a kind of a sister company to us, just dear friends that we do a lot of work together. They actually have online tutorials on video production that are quite good. And like, and they're also just such good people and they do such good work. And Rob takes it very seriously that like, don't just turn the camera on, do you understand these pieces and why and why it matters and the techniques that go with that? I think right. to just set the bar too low. We just don't believe in good audio. We don't believe in good lighting. We don't believe in good video. We just try to make stuff for the sake of making stuff. And what a colossal mistake because now you walk away with this mentality of, oh, we tried the multimedia thing and that didn't work either. As opposed to like, oh my gosh, what does creativity and innovation actually look like? So it's worth it to aim very, very high, very yeah. high. Quality matters. Websites, quality matters. Yeah. I, so, I think you, oh, sorry. No, go ahead, John. Go no, ahead. I'm, I'm getting ready to wrap up because we're way over time. Are you, <laughs> John, are you, are you bored with Doug and Eric? I no, mean, not like, at all. I want to keep you know, going. Man, John, I that is want to be to you, all listening. you know, I want to apologize to our listeners. If you wanted to hear more from Doug and Eric, um, you know what? John, you know, John, I, I, that I never ends. <laughs> is that how it feels to you right now that this is like <laughs> I am chops to you, you know, all right, you know, let's find John. I'm not going to ask my question. I'll ask it after the show is recorded and our listeners can just sit there a little empty. This is what editing is for. It's bonus content. Catholic yeah. guilt is alive and well, isn't it? <laughs> no, I mean, now I totally forgot what my question is. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, John. All right. You know, I'm going to listen back to this and, and I'm just going to interject and, you know, whatever. Uh, well, if you want to find out more about what Eric and Doug are doing, go to odbfilms.com. And you probably have social media and other things as well. Podcast. Uh, short form content, yeah. links to features. Yeah. It's all there. I do want to push, you know, Doug, I love your Renovo podcast. So check out the Renovo podcast. Uh, you know, really just amazing Catholic tidbits. That's worth, uh, worth listening to. Honestly, like, you know, when your podcast shows up on my phone, I stop whatever I'm listening and I literally start listening <laughs> wow. to yours. 
Unless it's well, this podcast. Right, so, no, <laughs> that's why John wants to get off this podcast. He wants to listen to more of yeah. your Oh, no, I already listened to yours for this week. So. Yeah. We also recently launched uh, what we call Two Minute Tapes. Yeah, we launched a 90-second yeah, podcast that reviews a film and identifies Catholic themes. Mm. And uh, it got picked up by Sirius XM, Catholic Radio nice. uh, 129. So they actually play Two Minute Takes weekly. So we give them a show per week, and then they kind of cycle it through there. And it's a hoot, but we spend more time writing those scripts than the than the Renovo scripts because it's like two hundred six. Well, you know the podcast world, like two hundred sixty five words, Catholic themes, and it's a blast. Yeah. It's a blast. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. Well, Eric, Doug, thank you so much for the work that you do. It's an incredible, incredible ministry. That's I'm so true. thankful you took some time to to be with us in this dark hotel room and to hang out with Chris and I. So we really, really appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks for again. contributing. Thanks. We miss you, Chris. We wish you were here, man. Yeah. Would any of uh, you be open to uh, closing us in prayer tonight? Uh, absolutely. There you right. go. I put him on the spot. Here we go. Just, just keep it short. We won't want to talk <laughs> yeah. to go too long. Yeah. 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 Jesus, thank you for, um, just thank you for being, um, the creative mind that is such an amazing creative you are when it when, when it comes to creativity you are the creative force the creative move behind everything we do and 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 for your beauty and goodness lord and we just pray that um you would help us just uh find you in those things and see you and that as a church lord that we would um embrace those the opportunities with the technologies to be able to to do things in creative ways and and to um to to minister to others uh, and to create things that really draw them into a deeper relationship with you and just thank you for all you do for us and for your for, for the gift of, of your life to ours and and may we proclaim that and, and show that um and do it with excellence and in every way possible whether we're podcasting and creating films whatever way we go about communicating the messages lord that you, you would just guide us and and help us to keep excellence at the top as the standard um, and because you are so worth it and so worthy of it and and for the sake of the gospel and for the world to know you lord we give you our lives and uh for everyone out there listening we just i pray your blessing on them and that you would come down upon them and uh, um, just shower them with your love in your name we pray amen amen, amen. amen. amen.